0: the nascar dfs strategy show right here at awesomeo.com phil how you doing here on this uh, early saturday afternoon man Great, right, jason ready to break down the texas race for tomorrow and uh, I know you've got some great pieces up over com, So we're going to kind of talk about some of the things that you've written over there. We're going to talk about the poll center, uh, part of this. So uh, people can uh, obviously if they've already been over com, they, they've seen what you said, but we're going to, we're going to break this one down for you here. And uh, you know, of course, as always, we like to you know talk about roster construction in terms of uh GPP and cash. So uh, break this one down for us.
1: Yeah. Um, in my preview article earlier this week, um, I've, yeah, I laid it all out that this this is about Kevin Harvick. This week is about what you do with Kevin Harvick. It's, these kind of weeks are not the, 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 the funnest mm-hmm. to, per, per se, but basically what you do with one individual driver is probably going to make or break your day, especially on DraftKings. Right now, uh, Alex's projections have Harvick at 77% ownership. So, I mean, you're talking about one simple decision, and especially if you go against the grain – could easily make or make or break your day, and I mean, you will mm-hmm. you will know within the first hour whether mm-hmm. you can turn the TV back over to NFL or whether you can keep sweating your your lineups. So, what is the big issue w- with Kevin Harvick? Well, he's on the pole. That sounds like a, a a great thing for Kevin Harvick, except unfortunately this year Kevin Harvick hasn't been that great a pole sitter. The first race that he sat on the pole technically was the very first las vegas race he inherited the pole after kyle bush failed technical inspection and he went on to lead the most laps that day of course that was pre-covid we had practice blah 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 blah. ever since then he sat on the pole three more times the daytona road course he led zero of 65 laps he finished 17th uh, his crew chief rodney childers admitted after the race that. They guessed with the setup and it was just, it was horribly wrong. So we're not going to fault him for that. It was the very first time anybody had put a NASCAR style car on that, on that track. Then you go to Daytona. He starts on the pole, the very last race of the regular season. He leads six of the 164 laps. He finished 20th. We're not going to hold that against him because that's, that's Daytona. And once again, we never play pole sitters in super speedway races. Then you go to Richmond. He led 41 of the 400 laps, and he finished seventh. So, you know, the, the, the numbers haven't been that great. And when you look at pole sitters as a whole, especially at these mile-and-a-half tracks throughout the throughout this season during the COVID-19 era, it really hasn't been that great. I believe, you know, we look at nine races, and I put this in the article, um, we only have like three times that a driver led at least 10% of the, of the race, and there was only one time that a driver like was a smash play and you have to put a gigantic asterisk next to that because the rain the the race started off as an afternoon race in the the midsummer heat and humidity of Miami a typical afternoon rainstorm came through Florida delayed the race for 4 to 5 hours and then the ra- rain the race became a night race which played into Hamlin's hands and he led 137 of the 267 laps so we have the scenario where, like I said on Twitter earlier this week, it, it's almost been better for you just to say, you know what, I'm not going to play the pole sitter and I'll go with my dominators after that. But here's the issue: this is Harvick's best track over the last seven races. Harvick has three wins, and those three wins have all come in the fall playoff Texas race. His worst finish over these last three years is a finish of eighth. He's got the Hands down, the best driver rating, one hundred twenty-four point four, averaging the most DraftKings points, averaging the most FanDuel points over over that time. An average finish of third, average running position of five point nine. I mean, these are these are all killing the track, all killing the, the the numbers for everybody who's been at this track for the last three years. Uh, averaging forty-eight point six fastest laps, seventy-six point nine laps led. Just the, the numbers are preposterous here. And then you go to the laps led data page and you look and pole sitters really haven't done that well at Texas, except for Kevin Harvick. Harvick Mm -hmm. has been on the pole in, I believe, two of these last seven Texas races and he's been a top dominator in these races. So your question comes down to this week, am I going to trust Kevin Harvick at this track that he's done really well at? He's shown Mm -hmm. history here as a pole sitter, or am I going to fall back on, It's the randomness of 2020 and pole sitters just don't do that good for whatever reason. And that is what's going to make or break your Sunday tomorrow.
0: Well, just looking at our projections right now, apparently uh, everyone on DK wants to go with Kevin Harvick. So uh, that is definitely something you got to you got to pay attention to there. Uh, You know, in in terms of, uh, you know, dominators here, I know you kind of you wrote a little bit about this this week of uh, it looks like the magic number is three this week. Yeah, um,
1: I, I believe in cash. You know, we've we we went from Kansas being a 267 lap race, and now it's uh, 500 miles or 327 laps. So those 50 laps that adds enough dominator points on the board for DraftKings that you're that you you're going to worry about three dominators in tur- tournaments, but you can you can definitely get away with just playing two on in, in cash on on DraftKings. But one of the one of the, the the issues that I have with DraftKings this week is that pricing is super soft. Like, mm-hmm. Harvick should probably be approaching that 12K range. Hamlin should probably be about 11.5. Truex should be up near 11, but nobody's over 11K. Your place differential options are all super easy to get to. You know, I was messing around with lineups earlier. You can easily go with three dominators, go with some uh, place differential, and, I mean, you can punt with with Corey LaJoy. Or uh, Ryan Priest, Ty Dillon, if you if you absolutely have to, but even then you really don't need to. And if you just go with two dominators, you know you're kind of swimming in some good mid range values. So I'm going to say that probably the majority of your of your tournament lineup should probably look towards that three range, just because of how accessible three dominators are this week. But if you just want to go with two. And then add in guys in the 9K and 8K range who you're projecting to get a top 5, top 10 finish. I mean, that works awesome this week, too.
0: Of course, uh, we uh, always like to break down these drivers in terms of tier. Tier 1 will be uh, drivers in the 11 and 10K range on DK, then 9 and 8, 7 and 6, and then 5 and 4. You know, in this uh, tier 1, obviously, is Kevin Harvick on the pole, which you were talking about there, 11,000 on DK, 14,000 over on FanDuel and a question uh, already in the chat from uh, JJ. He says, I know we're talking about Texas. Phil, who do you think had the best car at the end of Kansas?
1: It probably was Kevin Harvick. Cause I mean, Harvick drove himself up through the, through the field and got to the lead led the most laps, but just because um, at the very end, Logano's team had a quicker pit stop than Harvick and he got out and got out in front of them. Logano is a really good restarter and Logano's a, a a good, good blocker. Another reason why drivers really don't like Logano because he's, he is more than willing to throw a block down. He, you know, he, he doesn't care what you, what you think. And Logano was able to use those, um, you know, those, th- th- those factors plus uh, it was really weird towards the end of the race. There was almost like this invisible wall that just kept Harvick from being able to to get past Logano. Like there was so much dirty air coming off of Logano's car that Harvick could pull up to him multiple times, mm-hmm. and just could never could never get a, get around him. It was the it was the oddest thing, and it just shows you why this package is just it's it's not good for 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 the aesthetics of watching racing. But I do believe that Harvick had the had the best car last week, and if it wouldn't have been for that you know milliseconds. That Logano had a better pit stop than Harvick, then Harvick would have had the preferred position and would have rolled off and uh, led even more laps that day.
0: Looking at the rest of the Tier One, so we've got uh, Denny Hamlin starting seventh. He is ten eight on DK, thirteen three on FanDuel. Chase Elliott starting fourth, ten five on DK, twelve five over on FanDuel. Warren Trucks Jr. Uh, starting in the sixth spot. He's 12,000 on FanDuel, and then we got Ryan Blaney starting tenth at 10,000 on DK and 11,000 on 600. Let's start off with Denny Hamlin and your take on him. Uh I mean, you you definitely
1: have to give credence to Hamlin. He's a he's a previous winner here in the Spring 2019 race and um temperatures, you know, they're they're low. Like if you're going to watch the Xfinity race today, you're going to see uh, overcast skies and, and kind of like 50s to 60s. It's not going to be that way to, in in Texas mm-hmm. tomorrow, so it's going to be a it's going to be a warmer race. Conditions probably won't be that that similar, and you know, I think you have to give some credence to Hamlin. And right now, we've got him projected as the the second highest owned driver on on DraftKings. But I think for myself, I'm going outside of Hamlin and I'm looking more to Chase, who who looked pretty good at, at Kansas uh, last week. And, Of course, that was benefited mainly from him starting on the pole. Um Truex really got hurt by having to start at the at the rear after failing inspection twice and you know he he put himself in a hole and he was never really able to to climb out of it. But the guy that I'm really looking to is Ryan Blaney once again. Blaney had a super fast car last week. You know that's been his MO at these mile and a half tracks is just, you know, so so much more green flag speed than than everybody else. He was super racy last week. He had that. He had that same problem where he just could not get to the get to the leader and and move around him. But this has been one of Blaney's best tracks. His uh, finishes have gone seventh, eighth, thirty seventh. That was an overheating issue back in the spring race of 2019, and then second, fifth, sixth, and 12th. He has re- he has led laps in four of the seven races here at least 40 and uh two of those races he's led over led over 100 laps. Blaney has been really really good here at at Texas and I I think even though that you know he's not in the playoff picture and generally the playoff guys are the 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 drivers that I'm wanting to give more credence to as dominators, Blaney is a guy that I really want to get into a majority of my lineups just because of how good he's been here.
0: I know you wrote about you know where the playoffs sit right now in, in terms of getting to the end here. Is there someone um you know that, that you're really looking at and say you know what man, you know, this is a driver that's going to probably have to take some chances and and from a DFS perspective, we got to be paying attention.
1: Yeah, um you know, we'll we'll get to to him later on in the in the tiers, but god Kurt Bush was running really well last week. He was running around the top 5 and his engine gave out and it's Hendrick who makes those makes the engines for, for Chip Ganassi. So, I mean, it was something that was completely out of, out of his control. And now he's at 73 points to, um, to the, to the cutoff line behind uh, Brad, Ke- behind, uh, yeah, Brad Keselowski. So, I mean, he is in such a hole that he's got to pull just a rabbit out of a hat. He's got to pull something out of, out of left field. And Kurt's been pretty good here at, at the, at Texas, and, so I think he's going to have to do something just completely off the wall because he's going to have to win in order to advance his position. But if we're talking about drivers in this range, you've got to look at Martin Truex Jr. He's run well here at, at Texas before. You know he, We've seen him run well at the intermediate tracks this year, and he's 31 points behind Brett Kozlowski for that, for that final spot. So you know, if you're looking for a driver in this range who has to probably absolutely – has to win in order to get, get himself into the championship for then Truex would be a guy to, to uh, add into your dominator pool.
0: Yeah. I was just looking at our projections in terms of, uh you know, th- this range here and you know, the, the one that's drawing the least amount of ownership um, they're all under, you know, basically 25% to, to 20% range is it, chase Elliott uh, just a little above uh 21%. Um, you know, and obviously we're all, we're always, always looking at the ownership game, you know, how, how can we kind of, take advantage of that uh are, are you surprised that the, the, those three are, are not higher than what uh, we're projecting
1: yeah but i i guess that's so so much of a product of ownership just i mean all in on harvick and nearly half the field on uh, on hamlin so i guess that's why it's pr- pr- producing that but i mean yeah all all of these guys like if you're playing 20 max or if you're even playing 150 max then these are all guys that you should have exposure to
0: yeah, no. I mean, you mentioned about what happened with Truex Jr. last week, and I, and I believe I saw on your Twitter account last week that that really did not affect, kind of your thoughts in terms of GP uh, in terms of GPPs. But when you do have a driver that fails inspection and goes to the back, do you have a general thought of, of or is it a case by case basis of whether you're you're still on that driver or not?
1: Yeah, for, generally for the for the most part, and especially if it's a longer race like what we're going to have it at, at a Martinsville next weekend with with 500 laps. I mean. With, with a longer race you have more time for that driver to move through the move through the field and get back up to the front and compete for those uh, those laps led at a shorter track it's you know it's a little it's a little bit hairy but initially truex had no problem he got through the he got through the field but then he got to a point in the in the single digits where he just got stuck and he could he could not move forward um really last last week at kansas was all about who had clean air and if you had clean air then you were then you were sailing off and the only thing that brought you back to the field was was a caution and truex unfortunately just never was able to catch that advantage of
0: course this is the nascar dfs strategy show right here on com, and of course get access to all the great tools and content we have over with at com with an osmo awesome plus uh pass for a weekly pass for 29 95 this includes full access to all the premium content and tools at Osmo.com including player projections ownership projections our premium slack channel and much more now if you're only looking for a nascar weekly pass you can sign up right now for a nascar weekly pass for 995 stop guessing start winning join osmo plus today as uh, you go to osmo.com slash join or if you're right there on the main page you'll see also plus there on the left hand side where you can sign up for that weekly pass, if you want to get access to everything for a weekly pass, $29.95 or if you just went NASCAR, $9.95. you got to take advantage of those ownership projections. Those are the tools that we use every week in creating our lineups. And, of course, as I always say, add Fancy Crunch to your account. Uh, you, you, it'll be, it's a valuable resource that you do want to have. Now let's uh, move on to tier number two. So this is the drivers in the 9K and 8K range on DraftKings. So we got uh, Joe Lugano starting second, Brad Kozlowski starting third, Jimmy Johnson starting twenty sixth, Kyle Bush starting ninth, Kyle, uh, Alex Bowman starting fifth, Eric Jones starting 17th, Clint Boyer starting 21st, Kurt Bush starting eighth, William Byron starting 11th, and Eric Amarola starting 13th. Uh, what, uh, what sticks out to you in this tier?
1: I figured after, after his victory last week that Lugano would get a little bit more of a bump, but I mean... He is still well within within reach, and quite frankly, like if you just wanted to stack the stack the front row this week of Harvick and Logano, like especially in cash, I mean, chef's kiss. That that is a that is a great way to to begin your begin your lineup. You're getting one of the most dominant drivers at Texas over the over the last seven races, and then you look at Logano and you get one of the most consistent drivers. His finishes have gone third, fourth, seventeenth third sixth seventh third so we're talking about a driver that is continually finishing in the third to to sixth place range he's getting fastest laps he's getting he's getting laps led you go back to the 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 july texas race if not for the pit road shenanigans that austin dillon and tyler reddick pulled logano was going to be the guy out and he was he was probably going to end up winning winning that that race so we like that we like that corollary we like that last week that his, his uh, pit team was able to get him in a position. And, you know, we we can talk about the package. We can talk about dirty air. But Logano did a masterful job of keeping everybody behind him. And if he puts himself in that position, again, we can trust that Logano will do that same thing at this uh, at this track this weekend.
0: There's two drivers here who are starting in the 20s. Boyer at 21st tw- and Jimmy Johnson at 26 uh because of a point differential do you do you like him in this spot
1: yeah i mean these are guys that necessarily if you just go with a two dominator build then you're probably going to i don't want to say you're going to force yourself but in order to just properly spend salary cap and not have a bunch ha- you know hanging out the side these are probably guys that you're going to find as that third driver in that you're that you're hoping because of their place differential will score more than that third dominator and i mean that is that is completely on the table um, it, I think Johnson might be the more popular pick just because of the, of the place differential. Let me see what we've got.
0: Yeah, he is. He's a, uh, yeah, he's, he's, oh, he's more popular.
1: Yeah. He's the, he's the more popular guy, but I think I would prefer Clint Boyer in this spot. Yeah. He, he only has Uh, he has five fewer spots to gain, but I mean, you are saving $700 and you look at Clint's finishes here at Texas versus what Jimmy has done over the last few years. In fact, probably the, the Stuart Haas racing team has been the best team overall here at, at Texas. So we're trusting that corollary with, with Boyer, you know, he's uh, his last three finishes here have gone 11th, 11th, and second. He's getting a, a, a few dominator points in that, in that range, but he's, He's probably my favorite guy in this eight k range to go after if you're not going to go back to the well with Eric Jones.
0: Yeah, that's that's ones that stick out to me. Um, you know, you got Brad. You know, third ninety six hundred on, on DK. Um, you know, Eric Jones starting seventeenth. He would be the next uh, you know highest starter here. Um, but uh, you know, as you look at say you know a Jones, a Byron starting eleventh, an Amarola um are are they more cash game for you than gpp? No, there's just like I think
1: I I yeah, I was looking at this basically nearly every driver b- between 19th through uh Matt Kenseth and 32nd say for a couple of drivers that I mean, you can just pick pick and choose and that's like premium place to get your place differential drivers for for cash. I really like Eric Jones even though he's priced up I I really like him for 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 tournaments this mm-hmm. this weekend. He is your you know, the easiest pivot off of off of Clint Boyer. Uh he's a pivot off of Johnson cuz you know he's he's only $500 cheaper on DraftKings but Jones I mean, he's been a, a model of consistency here as here as well. His last five finishes have gone sixth, tenth, fourth, 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 averaging 15.7 laps led, 9.4 fastest laps uh, during that time. You know, we we were riding the consistency that he had been putting up all these top ten finishes. He got he got a tire rub in the in the third uh, segment last week, and that that ruined his day, but you know, I'm fully on board going back to the well with Jones and Hey, we know where Jones is racing next, next year. He's going to be in the, uh, the 43 for, for Richard Petty. So, you know, if, if that was playing into his mind whatsoever about the way that he was racing or approaching races, then, you know, that that's, knowing that he's got a ride for, for next season, that probably has, has settled him down and given him maybe a little bit more, more confidence, but the rest of these guys you were talking about, uh, Byron starts a little too uh, high for me and my taste. Um, mm-hmm. I, I could possibly see playing Eric Almirola because of the Stewart ha- Stewart Haas Corollary and uh, his last four finishes here at Texas. No finish worse than worse than tenth.
0: Yeah, I was looking at Byron more um, from a Fanduel aspect. He's the cheapest driver in this tier on, on Fanduel. I mean, his ba- essentially the same price point on DK as, as it is Fanduel. Eighty three hundred on DK, eighty five hundred over on Fanduel. Um, you know, but cause the most, most of these drivers are either, you know, in the 10, you know, 10 K 9 K range over on FanDuel. I mean, is he a fan duel play?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He can be a, he can be a fan duel play. And I don't know how people are going to approach him if they're just looking at averages because his numbers here before the July race were, you know, they, they were good. 17th, 6th, 16th and 10th. And then you get to the July race and he finishes thirty-seventh. So that thirty-seventh, consider he's only raced here five times, it drags down it drags down those averages. But Byron is probably a a seventh through a thirteenth place mm-hmm. driver. And on FanDuel, you need those finishing position points, especially for tournaments.
0: Yeah, of course, uh, we're going to move over to tier number three. This is the drivers in the 7K and 6K range. do want to let you know the free premium content over at AwesomeMode.com today. NFL lineup builder plus MLB ownership projections. Of course, uh, MLB live before lock will be tonight at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time with E. McIntyre. They'll get you ready for game three of the World Series. Also uh, got uh, the On the Contrary uh, DFS NFL show come up here at 2.30, so be sure to keep it locked here to com. Of course, uh, if you're not uh, subscribed to us here on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe, button, hit that notification bell so you know when a new show is available here on com. Of course, uh, now Tier 3, uh, so just uh, the drivers that are in this tier, we got Tyler Reddick starting 19th, Maddie D at 14th, Austin Dillon 12th, uh, Custer 16th, Christopher Bell 15th, Kenseth 32nd. Um, Stenhouse Jr., 22nd. Busher 20th. Wallace, 18th. Newman, 25th. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, Twenty four, And then McDowell at 23. So, uh, as you look at the salaries, let's, let's first off uh, on the DK side of things. Is there someone in this this tier that, uh, you know, kind of jumps off uh, the uh, the piece of paper at you? Yeah.
1: God, and I hate to go back to, to, to Matt Kenseth, especially after he finished dead last. Last last weekend, but I mean, K- Kenseth didn't necessarily necessarily kill you, and he was primarily a guy that you were hopefully just playing playing in cash. And I think that's what we're doing again th- this week. Starting thirty second, he's got place differential, and the uh, Ju- July race he finished he finished eighteenth. Uh, you know, th- these intermediate tracks he's been he's been okay, and uh, if you have the race sheets, the six corollary races that i used uh that i used this week you've got the two michigan races you've got kentucky you've got texas you've got kansas from last week and then las vegas before that that's a amalgam you know that's a a mix-up of, uh, of the tire package that we've got this week and if you look at what Kenseth has done in this in this package he's got in, in those six races he's got an average finish of 22 uh actually yeah 22.2 so i mean it's nothing. It's nothing fantastic, but the whole reason that you're playing Kenseth at that price point mm-hmm. is because of where of where he starts. I wonder how people are going to approach Tyler Reddick after he finished second in this race. Something to keep in mind is, once again, we talked about that it was pit strategy that got him out front after mm-hmm. taking no tires, and you know that that's another example where Dylan took two tires, um, Reddick took no tires, and everybody else behind them took four tires and there there was no there was no fall off from the tires no you know, not, nothing noticeable and all those guys with four tires could not move past these could not move past these guys Reddick's average running position in that race was 15.3 so i mean he was just kind of hanging around the middle of the track and then took advantage of that late caution and got himself out front at 9200 on FanDuel, duel i I, I can see that I kind of prefer him a bit more at 7,900 on drafting. There There's a little bit to, mm-hmm. to milk out there with that, with that place differential, but you know, you get into the, into that six, that six K area. There's just a bunch of meh guys that you can, you can play around with, with, with cash that, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not going to take a hard stance on any of any of these mm-hmm. guys. Cause none of them really overwhelm me, but they're all guys that, that you, you could play in a cash game.
0: Any concern with Dylan starting 12th that, uh, you know, he may not bring you the value you you would hope for. Oh yeah. I mean, Austin,
1: Austin, Dylan is, he's been this way ever since we got to the, to the playoffs and it's kind of bit me in the butt a few weeks, but Dylan just continues to be hands off. He's starting way too, too far forward in 12th. Yes. He won this race back in July, but once again, I mean, if it wasn't for the late race, caution, and the and the pitch strategy, then he probably would have finished where he normally finishes, which is around thirteenth. So if we're gonna give Dylan a finish where he typically finishes, then I mean that's you know, that that that's not what I'm looking for at his price at seventy five hundred. And I'm gonna say that probably the same thing for for Cole Custer starting sixteenth at seventy three hundred and Christopher Bell starting fifteenth at seventy two hundred. These are all guys that are, they might pick up a few positions, but that's not gonna do you well at their salaries.
0: What about Nimachek on FanDuel at fifty five hundred?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's raced here at Texas twice and his finishes have gone twenty-second and twenty-first. So mm-hmm. Nimachek kind of he, he feels like a definitely a a safe play. Uh, he's not the preferred punt on on FanDuel because there's a, there's some guys under underneath him but if you end up on him and your in your cash games on DraftKings or or FanDuel then yeah i mean that's a that's a guy that you can definitely play with uh with confidence
0: uh it seems like we we talk about Ricky Stenhouse Jr a lot every week on this in terms of place di- differential um starting 22nd he's 6900 on DK 6800 on FanDuel
1: uh yeah he St- Stenhouse is interesting because he's another guy that his last two races here at Texas are killing his averages. He uh, his last two finishes have gone 38th and 40th. I mean, so it's it's gone just about as as bad as it as it could. And that was during the time that JTG in the summer was just having all sorts of issues, whether it was mechanical or on the on the track. But Stenhouse, he's shown that he's a he's probably a 12th to a 14th place driver here. He ran well. At, at Kansas uh, last week. Now you're not getting the place differential out of Stenhouse that you got last week, but he's still giving you a little, a little bit of something. Now, if you, if you're having a toss-up between Kenseth and Stenhouse, I'm probably going to take Kenseth just because of the 10 added uh, place differential spots to to gain. But I mean, if you want to if you want to play Stenhouse in lieu of Kenseth or play them play them together, then yeah, that's great
0: course uh, if you do have any uh questions on tomorrow's race uh, hit those up either in our premium slack channel or also on youtube we will get to those questions before we get out of here on this edition of the nascar dfs strategy show of course tomorrow uh is the, the start of this week's nfl action sunday action of course uh for only 395 you can purchase an nfl weekly express pass which now includes everything you need for nfl showdown and single game contest formats to get you access to our Showdown single game player projections, ownership projection, the top place tool when you purchase this pass. In addition to the player rankings, lineup builder light, ownership rankings, and the top stacks express tool. It's our best offering ever for an express pass. So purchase that today for $395. Just go to Osmo.com slash join to sign up for a NFL weekly express pass for $395. Uh, of course, uh, we appreciate everyone is here on a Saturday afternoon. Watch this live. Of course, be sure to hit that like button here on YouTube. As I mentioned, uh, we got a ton of shows coming for you all day long, so stick it here to awesomo.com But let's move on to uh, the final tier, tier number four. This will be the drivers in the 5K and the 4K range. So you've got uh, Ryan Priest starting 29th, Ty Dillon 27th, Corey LaJoy 28th, Daniel Suarez 30th, Garrett Smithley 38th, Brandon Poole 31st, JJ Ellie thirty three. Uh, Quinn Hoff, 34th, Chad Fincham, 40th, uh Joey Gase, 39th, Josh Balicki, 37th, Timmy Hill, 36th, and Reed Sorensen, 35, which I didn't notice. Reed Sorensen's getting a, a little bit of ownership on DK. Yeah, I mean the,
1: this is definitely one of those one of those weeks where I can make a case for a bunch of a bunch of punts. I don't really feel that strong about just one in 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 particular you know, based on, based on salaries and, and starting positions. So, you know, we're, we're, we're in a spot with Sorensen. He finished 28th in this, in this July race. Um, he's raced this event six times out of the last seven races and five out of those six races, he's actually finished the, finished the race, which you look above the rest of these, the rest of these punts. And that's something that none of these guys can, can say, like I'm looking at Timmy Hill at 4,600 and he's raced in this event four times out of the last seven years and he has he he has four dns he has not finished this race uh once uh josh balicki he's raced this event uh this event uh twice and didn't finish either uh didn't finish either uh race joey gase he's raced this event uh three three times and he hasn't finished either either race uh, some somehow Quinn Half has raced this event twice and finished uh, finished both races. So it's 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 an interesting week. I mean take your take your stabs at these guys depending on, on where you where you end up. But as per the, the drivers that you're actually wanting to get into your lineups and not just the guys that you're that you're settling for, Corey LaJoy is probably the the preferred the preferred guy. He's only 4K on FanDuel. He's 5600 here on DraftKings. He's the he's the cheapest out of all of like the actual viable uh, cheap mm-hmm. cheap guys. Uh, Corey ha- had a good July July race. He finished uh, 16th, and everything before that wasn't that fantastic. But if you look in our six corollary races, his average finish is 23rd. So I mean, you can milk a little place differential uh, out of him. I think you can you can make the same case. For for Ty Dillon and Ryan Priest, both of them, I believe, wrecked out in this, this event in, in July. But when you look at their their finishes and the corollary tracks, you know, Priest is sitting at 27.8, but Dillon is sitting at 23.7. So like if I was going to rank the three, then it's LaJoy, Dillon, Priest in that order.
0: So basically, here's what I take from what you said there. I need to grab my Sharpie out. I need to just scratch through Joey Gase, Josh Palicki, and Timmy Hill.
1: Yeah, take, take take those guys out and play 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 around with the with the with the rest of these uh rest of these guys. I will say that JJ Yaley is oddly appealing. He starts thirty third, so there's a little bit of place differential to, to to get out of him. But in the last two Texas races, his finishes have gone twenty fourth and twenty sixth. So he survived attrition. He's made his way through the through the field. And you know, he has managed to, uh, kind of like Reed Sorensen. He's, he's finished every Texas race that, that he's been
0: in. Yeah. You look at Fanduel. A lot of these guys on Fanduel are, are bare minimum salary at 3000. So, um, I, I think as you usually say, if you, if you find yourself uh, in this tier too much, I mean, probably just need to start over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is an, this is another week that if you've got more than one of the, these guys then just hit clear start over. <laughs>
0: Of course, uh if you do have a question, uh hit those up in Slack. Also hit those up over in YouTube. Uh James uh Perkins checking in. Lowest punt on FanDuel below Niemichek. So Niemachek is fifty five hundred. So basically this is everyone in tier four.
1: Yeah, I and Daniel Suarez is fifty five hundred on, on FanDuel, which which is odd. I mean uh I guess this is worth mentioning so much of Suarez's numbers are skewed by his year at Stuart Haas. And then the two previous at, at Joe Gibbs, that's why you're seeing uh, he finished third and third last year when he was racing for, for Stuart Haas. And then he had uh, a couple of uh, top 20 finishes in there. So don't let Suarez fool you with, with those numbers. Those were back when he had um, better equipment. He's, he's oddly the same price on, on both sites. He's a guy that he's I think he's basically pegged out where uh, where he's gonna end up finishing the finishing the race. like if he was starting 37th or 38th then we could milk something out of that but that's he's just not viable at that. So below Suarez, below Nemechek, it's you know you, you may not want to leave a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars on the on the table if you go from John Hunter down to Ty Dillon or Corey LaJoy, mm-hmm. but I would much rather play either of those guys than, than, uh, the Nima Of
0: course, we're uh, here talking about tomorrow's race, but someone did ask uh, if you had any thoughts on today's race, the Xfinity race. Um,
1: I think it's an Austin Cindric uh, race. So, mm-hmm. uh, wh- whatever that's worth to you you guys, I don't even know what his, sal- what his salary is, uh, right, right now, but, um, i, I ran well here in the uh in in july you know, he's been really really good at these at these mile and a half tracks th- this year so i think like if you're looking for one for one guy to win win the race i'd go with Cindric.
0: uh a question we got about joey Logano about uh projected lead laps for him starting second i mean is your thought that he could he could hop out right at the start of this race and uh maybe you know pass harvick and and you know rack you up some points there
1: God, that that is one of the one of the concerns because I mean we we saw this scenario somewhat similar. I mean, Harvick and Logano started on the pole together at at Kansas, and Logano just straight beat him. Logano yeah. just straight passed him and and took the took the needle, uh took the lead initially. And this is a this is something odd, but over the last seven races here at Texas. The driver starting second is actually averaging more laps led than the than the pole sitter. The the driver starting second is averaging sixty seven point laps sixty seven point seven laps led and thirty eight point nine fastest laps compared to the pole sitter, who is leading just fifty three laps per race and twenty nine point six. But once again, you know we talked about all the other times that the pole sitter has ha, has failed here at Texas over the last seven races. It wasn't Kevin Harvick. When Harvick's on the pole, he he does well. So I th- I think that's one of the more one of the other reasons why I'm so high on just pairing Harvick and Logano together. Just give me the two guys with the best with the best uh, the best starting position. the 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 trends point to that definitely point to that dir- direction, and they'll have the advantage on pit road as well.
0: Of course, if you ever do miss uh, this uh, show, it is available as part of the Osmo Podcast Network, so be sure to check out this show. If you can't tune us in live on a Saturday afternoon, you can get it there on demand after it's over, a part of the Awesomo Podcasting Network. Of course, also, uh, while you're over at awesomo.com, be sure to check out Odd Shop right there at the top of the page when you're looking to uh, shop around of who's got the best lines for whatever sport that you do want to place a bet on. Uh, James was uh, once again talking about the the playoffs about the borderline. Um, I know you, you wrote about a lot about this week. You kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, if you just want to kind of, you know, rehash on uh, some of the things you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, for people just tune into the show.
1: Yeah. Via his, his win last week, Logano is locked into the championship for. And this brings up something that I really hadn't thought about. And it, 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 it scares the, the bejesus out of me thinking about this, especially if I'm going to, if I'm going to go overboard on, on Logano. The last time that we saw Logano lock himself into the into the playoffs would have been two years ago, Mm -hmm. and in the next two races, Logano raced like crap. I mean, he did horrible at Texas. He did horrible at at Phoenix. It was almost like that team made made the cognitive uh, decision: we need to focus on the championship race. So whatever happens in these next two races is 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 what happens. And Logano raced like crap, and. Even though logano has got a different crew chief, I wonder if there's going to be some sort of similar game plan that, yes, we've got Logano locked into the championship. So let's start planning ahead for, for Phoenix and, you know, whatever he does here at Texas and Martinsville, is it happens. I mean, he can wreck out and finish dead last in both of these races and it's not going to affect him. He's locked in there.
0: For our uh, our single entry GPP players, you know, like when I'm I'm building my single entry, it's about okay, who's who's the the top end option I want, and then who's my low end option that I want, to, you know, and then just kind of you know build it from there. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned about Corey Lejoy, so I think that would be a low end option that we could look at. Um, you know, we, we've talked about Kevin Harvick a lot. You know, obviously you got to pay up if if you want to get Kevin Harvick, um, but you, you also you mentioned about you know someone like a Ryan Blaney. Is Blaney the guy to potentially build, you know, be that that high end guy to build your roster around? Yeah, I, I
1: definitely definitely think so. And like, of course, whatever you do with with Harvick's gonna is going to be the, the the foundation, and it's not going to matter probably in in single entry because you know if you're looking at seventy seven percent in say the 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 big GPP on on DraftKings, then God, you're probably looking at something closer to eighty to eighty five percent in, in, in single entry. So, I mean, like that might be the stepping off point. If you just want to absolutely give yourself a lineup, that's, that's going to make you sweat bullets. It's just get off of, get off of Harvick and then you'll have a gigantic advantage on the, on the field. But as far as that secondary, that secondary dominator looking at these, these ownership numbers, I mean, I've already said I'm probably getting off of Hamlin, Mm -hmm. And then the the third highest owned uh, possible dominator we've got is Keselowski sitting at thirty three percent. Yeah, I I I I really do think that Blaney is probably a, a guy that I would look in, in single entry stuff or three max to to really to to pair with Harvick and get away from just playing nothing but but playoff contenders in your dominator spots.
0: Yeah, that Harvick ownership on, on DK that that scares me. Like <laughs> that just like I mean like I get it, I understand it. But man, that is that is that is outrageous. Yeah, and
1: if if you're playing cash tomorrow, you you almost have to play Harvick as just a just a block because everybody else is going to play him, and if you don't don't play him, like it'll it'll be over real quick.
0: Yeah, man, that's yeah, that's when when right before we started doing the show, and I, I saw ownership, I was like, oh my, oh my. And and on the Fanduel side, it's not as drastic. We should. It's a DK perspective, uh, where yeah. where it is that drastic.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a good point, Jason. I was looking at our Fanduel ownership, and it is much flatter. I mean, it is much flatter compared to compared to to, to DraftKings. So, like, if you're worried about these Harvick numbers and everything else on on Fanduel, I mean, get the get the get the uh, get the subscription. Check out the check out these numbers and you won't be scared so much on on FanDuel. But I mean, yeah, DraftKings for tomorrow, you are definitely playing an ownership game with everybody else.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, look on DK, it's all about Harvick and Hamlin. I mean, they're just taking up so much ownership. So that that's something that you have to play into and and you know, that's where you go in the fancy cruncher and and when you put in, you know, your exposures of you no, know, because you, you just don't want to be overexposed on on one driver. If you are a multiple lineup, but but like what you said there about cash, like you almost just just by default take Kevin Harvick, just because you know pretty much everyone else is going to have him whatever you're playing in. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I to to cross over sports, I think you need to think of Kevin Harvick probably the same way that you thought of Derrick Henry in NFL mm-hmm. last week, where yeah there's a there's a low floor if things don't go right but if all of the planets align then it's a smash spot and it it very well could be another 150 point uh outing for for harvard tomorrow
0: of course if anybody wants to uh chat with phil you go uh, for our subscribers go into that premium slack account uh check out the race sheets that that phil puts in there so you gotta you gotta check that out uh any uh, last things you want to mention before we get out of here
1: no um I did forget to 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 bring up his name when we were going into the uh, the nine k and eight k tier, but you know I mentioned just how in a hole Kurt Bush is and how he's going to have to dig himself out. Mm-hmm. Kurt has consistently been a seventh a seventh through a tenth place driver. You know, his finishes are no better than seventh and no worse than tenth over the last seven races here. Uh, besides Kevin Harvick, he's the only dr- only other uh, driver to have uh, uh, seven top tens in these, in these seven races, I mean, Kurt's run well here. He's surprisingly got uh, like nearly three times as many fastest laps as he does laps, laps led here. So whatever they do coming in here, the, the, the setup is always good, but we you know, 70 points to the, to the negative behind, behind Keselowski for that final spot, they're going to have to do something just completely off the wall to, to, to get him out front. And I mean, that could easily be a, a two tire stop to, to begin the race. And, you know, we, we saw this in the, in the July race where the, the tire fall off is just not there. Mm-hmm. They repaved this track in 2016 and you don't have to go for four sets of uh, new tires. Every time you come down pit road, you can do two, you can do none because the, the tire fall off just doesn't exist. So we could easily see something like that from the, from the one team trying to get Bush in a position to win this race.
0: I uh, will leave on this uh, question from JJ. He says, "On twenty DraftKing lineups, how many Harvick do you play?"
1: That's a very good question. Uh, with that ownership that high, I mean, you almost have to lock in Harvick in order to to to, to beat the field. And it, any even if you want to match match the field, you've got to go. What are we What are we talking about, like? 17 out of 20 lineups just to just to match the match the field I hate giving out this this advice but with that kind of ownership it feels like you either go 100% or you go severely under
0: yeah I mean I, I would the number that popped in my head was 13 to 14 lineups you know so you still give yourself a couple of lineups out there that if he isn't optimal, that you're you're not screwing yourself right you know that i that would be kind of way i would look at it you know anytime and it doesn't matter whether you know we're talking about you know nascar mlb nba you know mma you know if you if you have an athlete that is just you know getting that type of ownership i'm always like okay i still want to have some lineups where i'm like okay i need i need to have that driver not in my lineup you know, yeah. I mean, Kevin Hart may be optimal, and you know what you say. Is, Damn it, I, I should have him in every lineup. But if he's not optimal, you, you still want to have some shares out there,
1: right? Yeah, you still you still want to be able to sweat that sweat that race.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like we were talking on MMA show earlier today. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, a good chance that the the main event may be optimal, but you know, put your put some lineups out there that don't have any of the main event fighters in it because you, you just you gotta you, you gotta have some shares out there. I mean and especially in fighting everything is you know one punch changes everything right you know so uh but uh of course uh the race is tomorrow of course uh, as i mentioned you can hit up phil uh there in our premium slack count uh he will get back to you i will be uh in the slack all day today for mma as well so uh that is going to do it for this edition of the nascar dfs strategy show which comes out every saturday at 12 o'clock eastern time here on allsmoke.com